0: Amen. What a joy it is to be able to share the word today with you. The title of this message today is going to be called "4G Ministry." It's going to be a two-part uh, uh, series that we're going to do before we move on into our series on uh, on February twelfth, on beginning with "Follow." Hope to take and set the framework for what we believe the Lord is setting us as far as a theme for the year. Helping us to come to that understanding that, you know what? God's got a plan. Say, God's got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> and that plan, all right, is, is so that everybody, everywhere, will come to a saving knowledge of Him. Amen? Do you understand that? That people would know Him. And so our theme for this year is this 4G ministry, or in other words, gather, grow, and go to reach all generations. Last week in the morning, we uh, spoke and as we was uh, there, we broke the bread of life again with uh, speaking about Queen Esther and how she literally had to put her life on the line in order to be a saving force for a people, whom were her family. The Jews and her own family. And she was reminded by her cousin, turned caretaker, stepmom or stepdad, I should say, whose name was Mordecai, said that, you know you know, you could choose to not do anything, but don't think for a moment that you're going to be safe, nor your family. But understand that the Lord could have brought you to place for such a time as this. I'm not sure that we understand the importance of time. I'm not sure that we we get how short that time is. Oh, we stress over time. How many of you ever said, yeah, I want more time? (laughs) You want more time in the day, right? If our lives were to represent, even for a moment, one turn of the big hand going around the clock, I want you to see how small your life is here on this earth in comparison to eternity if it's 11 o'clock and at noon it's all said and done every 20 year old raise your hand in here somewhere, that, somewhere near, near around 20 years old anyone near 20 raise your hand right now okay oh not Steve okay oh okay pointing oh I thought you were wanting to be 20 Steve I was like no you need some help with some math alright but anyway Kelly alright It's interesting because, you know, and and, and there's some people that that have already exceeded uh, a traditional lifespan, but around 80 years of age is where lots of people are living. Now, now I don't want you to be all sad and sulking at the end of this, all right? (laughs) Say, I'm not going to be sad and and sulking. Instead, I'm going to understand that I need to redeem the time. I need to make the most of the time that I have. And so, if you're 20 years old and you only get to live to be to, to noon on the clock, that's about one quarter of your life, right about there. And look at all that time you got left. I mean, it's, it's 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 quite a bit of time, is it not? But it's also taken off quite a bit. Is there anybody that's 40 years young here today? Right around the 40-something, 40 40-something. 40 there we go. Yeah, raise your hand. Yeah, that's me. Guess what? You've already lived about half of your life.
1: <laughs>
0: Woo! About half of your life. No, no, no. I'm 50. So I get to come somewhere in the middle. Whoa. Like right about there. Babe, you ain't got much time left. I'm just saying. But. To live with me, <laughs> and someone's here is around sixty. Come on, who's proud here today? Raise your hand. Look, there you go. Oh my goodness! Now I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not prophesying here. Okay, that it all ends at eighty. I'm just trying to say to you, all right, look how close it is. <laughs> It feels like you've lived a long time already, probably. But I can guarantee you that in the light of what you got left, that is a long time alright to what, what you got left, you have to wonder what's gonna happen in the next 15 minutes of my life. If you're 60 years of age, everybody's got something to do throughout their lifetime. God's got a plan for us all, all right? But but we have to ask ourselves. What are we doing with the time that the Lord has given to us? Because he's got a plan. And and then there's some. You ventured in and you're 70. Come on, raise your hand, 70-year-olds. All right, yeah. See, I think you ought to celebrate life. Amen? amen. Those accomplishments. Some people, it said to me, Pastor, it's not right to ask ladies their age. I said, show me where that's written in the Bible. I live according to the Bible, all right? (laughs) And I've seen, you know, I think Sarah was reported how old she was, right? 99. 90, right? 99. Woo! She got pregnant? My goodness. Well, that she went overtime, all right? She's over there. <laughs> I don't know what happens when you go past the 80 mark, if you just start, yeah, well, I don't know, but anyway. The point is, is that We don't have a lot of time in comparison. But here's the deal. That in comparison to that that we live here on earth, look how long it keeps going and going and going. That hundred years, that two hundred years, that thousand years, it doesn't stop. The little bit of time that we have here to live now is for such a time as this. It has a meaning, it has a purpose. And and I think that the Lord would want us to make the most of gathering together, growing together, going together to reach all generations so we can spend an eternity together. So I want us to think about it. Now there's people who have all kinds of warped ideas when it comes to approaching the Lord. And I found this story, and I I just want to read most of it to you, all right? And and I I just want to share with you, there's there's a number of things in it and some details. I I wanted to just be able to give it all to you, so I'm I'm going to just summarize here with it, but I'm going to read some of it, so you, you should know this. It's called, Hailing the Chief. Says this. He sat at his desk in the Oval Office waiting. He waited, even though there was a stack of letters to sign, a cable to read, a press conference to prepare for, a briefing with a cabinet to attend, a tea for an ambassador in the Rose Garden. Looking up from his schedule, he smiled. Yes, there was a lot to do. But first, some people were coming, some very important people. At least he thought they were very important. That was why he invited them to come to the Oval Office and talk with him. He longed to hear what was in their hearts and minds, to talk about how they felt, what they needed, and how they could help him accomplish his goals. Mr. President said a voice in the intercom, They're here, sir. Ah, he said, send the first one in, please. He leaned forward on the edge of his chair waiting. The door opened and a housewife ushered herself into the room without acknowledging the president's smile or outstretched hand. She plopped down on the chair, then she shut her eyes tight. She said, dear Mr. President, with this nasally sing-song voice, thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, sir, for everything. Goodbye. And before the president could say a word or respond, the woman opened her eyes, got up and walked out the door. He 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 sighed and said, that didn't quite go the way that I thought it would. He pushed the intercom and he says, Next, please. The door opened, and in came a stout man who wore a tuxedo. Again the president's hand was ignored. "O oh, thou, chief executive, who art in the White House," said the man, clasping in his hands and looking at the ceiling. "O oh, thou in whom so much doth constitutionally dwell, upon whose desk hath been placed a most effective blotter." incline thine ear toward thy most humble citizen and grant that the many entities may be manifoldly endowed upon the fruitful plan. Wincing the president, closed his eyes and rubbed his temples. The man went on, and may thou thus hearkeneth what lead this shalt evermore entwine asunder. The man concluded in a loud monotone. Excuse me, said the president, but what? Goodbye, said the man, seeming not to hear, and he walked out. The president sighed again. Next, please. This time when the door opened, there seemed to be no one there. Then the president looked down and saw a man crawling through the doorway on his hands and knees. Oh, Mr. Great and Awful President. He looked up from the carpet. I am but a disgusting piece of filth in your presence. No, I am less than that. How dare I enter here? How dare I think that you would do anything but grind me into the floor? Please get up, said the president, offering his hand. You don't have to do that. I want to talk to you. But the man went on groveling. I deserve only to be squashed underneath your feet, underneath the weight of your mighty desk. I could have never got an invitation to talk with you. It must have been a mistake. Can you forgive me for breaking in like this? Oh, I'm so sorry. And he crawled out of the office on his hands and knees. The president shook his head, pushed the intercom button, and said, next. In a moment, a young man entered. He was wearing his headphones and bobbing up and down to the music in his pocket stereo. Hey, Prez, young man said, ignoring the offered hand, what's happening? He looked out the window. He said, nice place you got here. I'm like so glad we could have this little chat, you know. You're not bad for an old dude. I guess you don't bother me. I won't bother you, okay? <laughs> well, I got to go. Hang in there. And he walked out. The president drummed his fingers on his desk and he said, Next. An elderly man marched in, staring at a piece of paper in his hand. He, too, ignored the president's greeting, and he declared, keeping his eyes on the list, I want there to be a parking spot for me when I go downtown this afternoon. Not a parallel space, but one that I can drive right into. Not one with a parking meter. You can see that those meter maids, I don't want them to give me a ticket. Take care of that ticket business for me, if you would, please president cleared his throat he says speaking of something more important he says how do you feel about my program to feed the hungry would you like to have a part in that and the man went on he says another thing i love my best golf club my putter can't remember where i put it can you make a way so that i can find my putter with that the old man got up and he shuffled out the door the president slumped in his chair just felt really really just bad Like, this is not going the way in which I thought it should go. Finally, a woman comes in. She's kind of sleepwalking. Her her, her, her eyes are nearly shut. Her feet are dragging. She yawned and slid in the chair. She barely got out, dear Mr. President, before she nodded off to sleep. He called for someone to come in and escort her out. Could you help this young lady out, please? He gazed out his window after that. The secretary was asked, How many do we have left? She said, I'm sorry, sir, but all of the people that you've sent these invitations to have been too busy. And really, it's just these that have shown up here today. They had to watch TV, they had to wax a car, they had to do the dishes. He said, Isn't there anyone else out there who wants to meet me today? from which he hears this little voice. It just was behind him. He says, it's me, it's me. Mr. President, I want to meet you today. And he comes bursting through the door, little boy. I guess we can't keep you. Uh, go ahead and come on in, son. Little boy sat there on the edge of his chair and he looked at him and he says, are you really? Are you, are you really the president? And he says, well, yes, I am. He reached out his hand and the boy jumped up out of his chair and he he grabbed a hold of it and he shook it. And he said, wow. He sat there and waited. And he waited and he waited. He said, and, and all of a sudden the president says, well, isn't there something you want to tell me? Something you have to recite or ask for or say? And the little boy looked down for a moment and he said, yes. I said, I guess there is. He says, thank you for inviting me into your presence. That's all. And the president heard that. He couldn't seem to say anything for a while. All he could do was sit there and smile. And then after that, they talked and talked for a long and wonderful time. In Luke, the 14th chapter, there's an occasion that is recorded. It's called, in the summary or heading, The Parable of the Great Banquet. In the 15th verse, and I'll summarize this, he says, When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said, The one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. He said, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and guests.'" And invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet." The scriptures tell us, and Jesus is saying, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. But he's making an analogy and showing that even though many are invited, too many are too busy. Too many have their own agenda. Too many aren't concerned about doing this very thing that we know and are going to stress is importance for us all year long, and that is to gather together. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you are familiar with that passage. We find here that the apostles and, and, and the New Testament church committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer, to fellowship, and to breaking of bread. You can go ahead and look at it. You can read it. You can see the things that are there. But I want you to see here It says here, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Verse number 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, say every day. Every day day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Say, praise the Lord. I read this last week too. And I've preached a number of times on this particular passage. Because I believe it is the, the foundational model by which we as a church can operate. And I think it's the way in which, which Jesus wanted us to operate in these last days. And in that you will find these things about how we gather and we grow and we go. But, but this gathering process so many times is looked down upon. We don't find time for it. How many of you have ever dreaded having to take time to go someplace, and then once you got there and you actually had fellowship and you had a good time, you were just like, oh my goodness, we got to do this again. Raise your hand. All right. It happens to all of us. But to take the time to initiate, to be intentional about setting aside time to date, to to spend time with one another, or even to spend time with Him, God the Father. It takes time, does it not? On last Sunday, we took some time. We took our Sunday morning service and we gathered a bunch of people together. And I, I you know, I'm not sure. I mean, if, if some of you missed it, I'm, I'm sorry about that. It was, but it was a great time. Where 300 or so of us was there and, and uh, we were gathering around tables and, and uh, we, we, we had communion at the end. There's some TC guys, yeah. There's some handsome and pretty pretty uh, greeters there, all right. There's some people, there we go. I recognize any of those faces? Gathering around the place, sitting around the table. There we go. Oh, by the way, I have to do these fast because I didn't ask for permission to show these, all right. Here we go. families. Are your eyes open, Pastor Aiken? We go. <laughs> He's awake. Oh yeah, that's called belly laugh there, all right? There we go. And then our kids. What an awesome time it was. How many of you enjoyed that last week? Come on. Wasn't it awesome? To be able to get together and be able to celebrate around the table, be able to hear some word praise. We sang one song and we felt the presence of God coming out this place because we gathered together. We believe that it is absolutely essential that we would reinforce and throw out these invitations over and over again for the body of Christ to start gathering together more often than what we have in past years. Because our society and our culture has said that we don't have time. Well, we look at it there and we say, I don't have much time. I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I got to make the most of my time. And I don't know if just gathering together is going to be beneficial. Well, that's what they did to build the New Testament church. And that's where people were added to their number daily. Oh, they were intentional. They, they broke bread. They, they, they committed themselves to the apostles' teaching. And they committed themselves to prayer. But, but listen, we're encouraged in the word of God. I'm going to go back a few here. I'll have to go back to those ones. I want to get to this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on our love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The day what? The day of his return or the day of your end? Some people have really pondered a thought in their minds and says, well, it, it's a long ways off till Jesus will return. I know because someone has said, ever since I was a youth, it could be any day. And you know, I'm living all this life. All these changes are happening in my body. The things that I saw happen to my, my grandparents and my parents and such are now happening to me. <laughs> and it's a long time off. But we see here this morning, it's not much time at all. It's not much time at all. Instead, we need to figure out ways that we can gather together. Our life groups, our gathering points. You might wonder, you know, well, well, we don't always have opportunities for life groups. The intention of the life groups that we do with the all-church spiritual emphasis is so that you'd be so excited about getting together with small groups, that you would continue to do that afterwards. And we're really going to hopefully ask. And we have groups that are continuing to do that, continuing to meet together after the, the official all-church campaign is done because they see how important it is to meet together, to break bread together, to about pray together. It's the Word of God. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to our love and good deeds. I promise you this. You don't want any spurring from somebody that you walk in the door with at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning and you stand next to and, and, and sing a few songs or receive a message and then you bust it out and someone says to you, Oh, by the way, I'd like to spur you on. You're not too receptive and open to that many times. But you know what? When you're there in the trenches with somebody, and you're sitting around a table, you're sitting in a front room, you're sitting around a place, and you're breaking bread, and, and someone's going through a hard time, and someone's needing to tell you to suck it up, and, and, and let's keep on being warriors for God. Or someone's able to wrap their arm around you and say, brother, sister, it's going to be okay. You know what? I was there too. I remember when my child wasn't serving God the way in which he needed to. But I just kept my hand to the plow. I kept on praying. I kept on believing and I want to tell you God came through for me He'll come through for you Amen In our setting of a service because of the limited time that we give ourselves in an hour and a half or so we don't have time to to share all of those stories That's why we need to gather more We're to put a special emphasis upon our leaders gathering more for instruction Gathering more for, for, for training. Actually, the whole body's going to be initiated into that. So we'll, we'll skip through these really quick. Get back to my, where I want to be here. The second thing we need to do is grow. I'm just covering this particular point, so just everybody relax. We're going to cover the, the other ones here in the next week. But I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 16. I want to do that, all right? It's not on the screen, but I want you to do this. Uh, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. To do what? To equip his people for works of He gave gifts in the, in the, in the, place of, uh, in the form of officers. Offices and officers, all right, to to be able to, people with assignment, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until, keep on building, the building process keeps on, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Then we will no longer... Be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and, and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You see, there's an intention that's happening here in this passage. God is saying, I have an intention for my people to grow. I have an intention for them to become mature. I have an intention for them to be intertwined. I have an intention that I've given them and set them up for success. But one thing that needs to happen is they need to understand, they need to be intentional about growing themselves. In verse number 15, it says, Instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ." And from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, and each part does its work. As each part does its work. In the 1920s, there was a young African American child who was growing up in Cleveland. And one day, a famous athlete named Charlie Paddock came to the school where he was and was speaking to the students. And at the time, Paddock was considered the fastest human being alive. And he told the children, listen, what do you want to be? You name it, and then believe it, and God will help you be it. That's pretty inspirational. I <laughs> might be a little lofty. Some people might say, well, he's setting them up for false realizations. Well, there was a little boy there who decided that he too wanted to be the fastest human being on earth. And, and he went to his track coach, and he told him, of a dream that he had. He says, I had a dream. And a dream is to be one of the fastest people that's on the face of the earth, he said. And his coach told him, he said, it's great to have a dream, but to attain a dream, you must build a ladder. And here's a ladder to your dreams. First of all, he says, the first rung, that's the steps on the ladder, is determination you need to determine that that's exactly what you're going to do and you're going to follow through with it. The second rung is dedication. The third rung is discipline. And you know what the fourth rung is? Attitude. He says you need to have determination, dedication, discipline, and attitude. The result of that latter was all too motivational for this young man as he went on. To win four gold medals in the 1936 Berlin Olympics, he won the 100-meter dash. He broke the Olympic and world records for the 200meter, and his broad jump record stood for 24 years before it was broken. And his name was right. It was Jesse Owens. You see, spiritual growth is not an accident. It's intentional. You must intend to grow. You must you have to understand, you have a choice to grow. But guess what? You have to make a plan about growing. And so we as a church are going to embark upon a journey to grow up. You see what happens when we intentionally make plans to grow, all right? We grow up. We, and just put some acronyms there, some things I wanted you to kind of have in in thoughts, in your notes, it says worship. We want to grow up so much so that worship becomes a passion in our lives. That's gonna be an indication. That's gonna be a byproduct of us growing up. That you know what? You are acknowledging the Lord, you're acknowledging his presence, and you're saying, Lord, come. Work in my life. You can take me out of here if that's what you want. But listen, I am so in love with your presence. So much so that extraordinary faith will become ordinary. Extraordinary. You've got to say that right. I mean I said extraordinary, but extraordinary would become ordinary. I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just saying to you, what the world will look at as extraordinary faith ought to be commonplace with a true follower, a mature uh, growing up person in God. Amen? That's what we want to do. We want to grow up. We want to grow up. We will grow up giving generously, so much so that giving generously is a joy. I thank the Lord that some $14,000 came in. Amen? In our campaign that we had, they began on Christmas Day. Oh, we, 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 we I'm, I know that, that God's rewarding those people who gave in, those, in that, that offering. He's going, he's just going to open it up, right? You didn't give to get, but guess what? It brought you great joy because you're growing up. Where radically serving fills us up. He says what in Ephesians four? He says that. That these offices are given to equip the people of God for works of service. Where we grow up, what well, part of the byproduct of that is when outreach opportunities are sought out, you're looking for the next opportunity when you can be able to make a difference in somebody's life. These are how. These are evidences of how you know that you're growing up. When you are working hard is a refreshing act. Come on, if you've been there before, you're like, man, that was a good day's work. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You get done with it at the end of the day, and you know what? That's how you know that you're grown up. Listen, someone who's not grown up, all they'll do is after they're all said and done, even after they accomplish something, they'll still moan and groan about how much work it took to get something done. But somebody who appreciates the energy and the life that God gave them, they're they're thankful for it. And they feel refreshed as a result of that. Another thing, a byproduct of us growing up is that we are unified in our mission. And our mission is to see all generations come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Finally, we know we're growing up when powerful prayers are our fuel for fire. When you will pray and you will understand that something starts to churn within you and a faith starts to arise and a confidence that God has heard you, you you get a hold of the word that says, what? you ask in my name it shall be done wherever two or three are gathered what? gathered again right? together in my name right? I'm giving us the equation by which we can grow and we can see God really do some awesome things but it's up to you it's up to you you can't leave it to chance Central Assembly of God cannot leave it to chance that we're going to become everything that God wants us to be. The plan is there. He's given it to us, but we have to embrace the opportunities. We have to say, all right, we're going to do something. Listen, we've got a plan, all right? And I say we because I don't do ministry alone. I do it as a team. My, my staff, my our board, the board that you've elected, all right, is part of it. We bounce these things off of the body of Christ that, that you've elected and also that's been appointed, so that we can hear the voice of God for direction about what's next. And what we believe is next is that this church would, as a united force, re up. Say re up. Say hoorah. hoorah. <laughs> I'm sorry if any Marines got offended with that. All right, because we just said that. All right, but but you know what I'm talking—that we re- when someone goes into battle or they go into the military and they do a tour. All right, there's some of them that they've, after they've done one tour, they will come back and do another. All right, or they they serve their term and and then they re up. There is a number of people who've been in this body, worshiping and being together for a good amount of years, and you think, well, we're all grown up. I got some of this stuff. I mean, worship, it's, it, I'm passionate about worship. I, I feel like faith is working in me. I, but, but we have to create a reproducing wheel, a cycle by which everybody and anybody who wants to identify with Central Assembly of God can jump onto this wagon that we're on. Amen? And that we can all be headed in the same direction. Praise him, I want you to come if you would, please. Here's what we're going to do. In the midst of us going through this follow series on March, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, February 12th, in the beginning of March, we're going to venture down a path to make everybody exposed to the processes by which we will assimilate. That means to make known and to engraft into our body anybody who will ever be new to us. A new believer, a newcomer, whatever it is. But there's so many of us that's been here for so long that sometimes we take some things for granted. I think we take time for granted. I think we've got all the time in the world. Many people think that. And you know what? I'm just going to live my time for myself. But listen, the word of God is clear. It is appointed unto man one day to die. I don't like that. Well, I wouldn't like that. I'd really be disappointed and sad about that if I didn't understand that day of dying is the day of beginning for me with no limitations, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, you get excited about that. <laughs> the, 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 the idea that you can face and look death in the face and you, and you can say, you know what? I'm not afraid of you. I realize that I am living my life with an eternal purpose. And so I'm going to spend it all I'm going to use it all. I'm going to understand that you have given me gifts within these offices. And one of them happens to be a pastor's and teacher's and evangelist's and prophets and apostles. And, and you know what? There's a, there's a plan. There's a strategy. And we're going to go through this. Because it is their job to equip us to do works of service for the hour that I have here on earth. And I'm going to use it to the best of my abilities. So come the first week of March, we're going to ask for everybody in this congregation to re-up and to go again through a process called the growth track. The growth track is just going to be four different classes over the course of a month. There will be a Sunday before service, uh, an hour before service, there'll be an hour after service, there'll be an hour, There'll be some time on Sunday afternoon, there'll be some time on Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening, there'll be some other times that'll be available so that everybody, no matter what their schedule is, will somehow be able to go through these four hours together. And in this time, we will all hear the same message, we will all jump on the same wagon, we will all be unified in our mission and our purpose, and we will be able to give testimony to anybody whoever comes to be part of Central Assembly of God again, guess what? Have you been part of the the growth track? Because that's what we're going to be talking about. And you're going to be able to say, yeah, I've done that. That's where, where the vision was shared. That's where the purpose was shared. That's where I discovered my gifts. That's where I discovered my spiritual gifts. And I discovered my personality. I began to put those things in place. That's where I began to understand what God wanted to do through me. And that's why I'm here to love on you today. And I believe that there's some of you who are going to re up. Into the ministry again, and you're going to be involved in a whole new level of works of service. All right, that's going to excite you, and it's going to thrill. It's going to thrill you, make you enthralled. All right, make you so excited about being part of the body of Christ again. And so I'm asking, it's, I can't make you, but as your pastor, I can say this is the direction that we feel is for us next. And I'm asking you once we give you that schedule. But that first week in March, that it starts, and every week after that, there's going to be four classes. And and we're going to do... You say, Pastor, we've done this stuff before. All right? Well, let's do it all together, all at the same time, no matter how many years you've been here at this church, and let's see what God will do. Because I believe that he will not give us more people to care for if we're not ready to care for them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we need a sense of identification we need a sense of, of purpose, we need a plan, and, and, and I, I don't know, it, you know, what is the altar call? I, 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 I said, Lord, how do I wrap this up? How do I end this? And, and it's just like, let them pray themselves and find out what would stop me from participating at that level to, to gather and grow. What hindrances, what things could get in the way of that and then come against that? I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will be able to show you what those things are. And you say, this is something that I recognize the whole body is going to do, and you can count me in. I'm going to do that, amen? Stand on your feet, if you would, please, with me. Bow your heads, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We realize there's all kinds of people who are living life on their own terms. Whom are going about even Christianity their own way and and they think they can be an island unto themselves. But you never created us for that. You actually beckoned us from the very beginning to come into your presence to talk with you. We felt different ways. We felt like we were not worthy. We felt like we're, you're a wish God, like we should just ask you for whatever we want. We felt like we're busy and we just got our agenda. Lord, and, and just like in that short little story, we, we've approach you in so many ways, but the way in which you want us to come is like the child did. Excited about being in your presence, excited about carrying out your mission and your purpose. And so, Lord, I ask... That there would be a spiritual thing that happens. It's not wrapped up in emotions. It, it, it isn't just somebody who will just wistfully just say, I'm, I'm, okay, you can count on me. I'm going to go ahead and do it. But Lord, that we as the regular tenders here at Central Assembly would get excited about the days that are ahead of us. Because we don't have much time. The moment that we were born, our time on earth was was determined. And I pray, God, that you would help us to live it to the best of our abilities. Thank you, Father, for doing that right now. Thank you for doing that right now. And I pray in these next few moments that you'd help everybody in this place to determine, to look and expose whatever ideas and excuses that the enemy would give to them about not participating and they come against it in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, I pray. For one month of preparation, one month of getting ready, we came to this time of fasting, God, and, and we believe we have a direction for us. We believe we're, we're, we're starting off our, our new life groups. We're going to have the whole body involved in that. and We are believing we're all going to get trained. We're all going to gather together and grow. And then go so we can reach all generations. Thank you, Lord, for working and moving in us. Lift up your hands to him if you are really you really say, God, I surrender. I surrender, Lord, to you right now. Will you do that? I surrender to you, Lord. I ask you, God, to guide us. I, I, right now, begin to pray for this church. We begin to pray for Central Assembly and the mission that we've been called on to do? Lord, you've called us. you, you set us apart. You, you said that, Lord, there's going to be some in the last days who are not going to want to meet together, but we should spur each other on in love, and, and we should meet together all the more. So we can grow. We can grow in you. And that people can be added to our number daily. God, we want to be the New Testament church. We lift up our hands. We lift up our face to you. And we say, God, we can't do it without you. But God, we got to get excited again about being on the winning team. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the amount of time that we have. It's, there's not much. Go after you. I want to go after you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for working and moving. There might be somebody here today who's you know that your days are limited, and and for whatever reason, you haven't given your whole life over to the Lord today. But as we prayed at the very beginning of my time here, I said, Lord, there's to be anybody here who doesn't know you let them have a fresh beginning let them have a new start let them find their purpose let them bow their knee and confess with their tongue that jesus christ is lord now before it's too late are you here today and you're not sure if you were to die if heaven would be your home but i'm not going to embarrass you okay i'm going to have you lift your hand and just going to pray for you right right where you're at all right i'm not going to have you to come on up here but if you're here today you say that's me I want Jesus Christ to start over in my life today. I want, I want Him to, to just receive me. I want Him to help me to live for Him. I, I, I need to ask Him to become my Savior and Lord. If that's you today, lift up your hand. Come on, anybody here today, you say, that's me? Yes, I see that. God bless you. From my left, yes, I see that. God bless you. You can put that down. God bless you. Amen. Anyone else here today? Anyone else here today? God bless you. Those two individuals. How many can get excited about two individuals saying, I'm gonna get right with the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Will you pray this prayer with me, everybody in this place? Say Heavenly Father.
1: Heavenly Father,
0: we thank you. We thank you that you've seen us. That you've seen us in all of our dysfunction. In all of our dysfunction. In all of our chaos. In all of our chaos. And you made a way. And you've made a way to pull us out. To pull us out of the miry clay. Of the miry clay, and to put our feet on a firm foundation. Put our feet on a firm foundation. We acknowledge. We acknowledge that we were once sinners. That we were once sinners. But you paid the price. But you paid the price for our sin For our sins. And we receive you. We receive you as our lord and savior in our lord and savior over and over again over and over and over in again, in jesus name in Jesus name, amen amen if you prayed that prayer anybody here amen yeah come on anybody prayed that prayer you didn't raise your hand but you believe that guess what god started a journey in you he's starting a process in you he wants to bring you to a place to where you can absolutely be in this most ultimate relationship to where you're 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 walking on clouds you have a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen? If you're here today and you made that commitment, we have those uh, guest cards, the, the connection cards. Just go ahead and fill that out. And, and Just write on there, interested in learning more about Jesus, and we'll get in contact with you. We want to help you to grow with Him. I don't know about you, church, but I, 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 I want to I give a commercial here, but I want you to understand that we are praying for revival. If I was to ask any believer here, in here today... Are you praying? Do you think that America needs revival? The answer would be an overwhelming, a resounding yes. That's what people would say, right? Well, guess what? That means that we have to do our part. Prayer is the fuel. Prayer is the fuel for us. Come out tonight. Come out tonight. Do whatever you have to. And from from 5 or from 6 to 7.30, all right? And it's going to be a great time. Unite together with the community of faith. And see what God will do. Amen? God bless you. Have a great afternoon.
1: shoot brain.